apparently the best way to catch Pokemon is in your sleep, and there are so many books that I want to read. Hey, everybody, my name is Hilton Price, and I'm an OK Geek. Welcome back to episode six, seven, I don't know, I'm not keeping track. What I do know is that this episode is going to be a little bit of a continuation off of what we did last week. Now, last week, you may remember, we just went over my comic book poll list, and that was in response to another podcast episode where I had been a guest along with my buddy Michael Zampino, my co-host over on Opinions Like A-Holes, him and I were invited to sit in on the Comic-Cons podcast. This is a weekly show hosted by King Castro X and Master Jules, uh, young Master Jules, excuse me, uh, and recorded over at Impulse Creations in um, uh, East Tulsa. Uh, I got into it a lot on the last episode, so check it out. We talk a little bit about the store, what a great comic shop it is, also my personal favorite comic shop, Comic Empire, and then we get into my pull list because we talked a little bit about some of the books I was reading on their show, and I wanted you to guys, you guys to have access to my full list just in case you want to see what I'm into, and maybe it will help influence your list as well. But here's the thing, guys. I am but one man, and I have but so much money, I can't buy all the books that I want. There's a lot of books that sit on the shelf that I don't get to buy. There's a lot of books that sit up at Marvel and DC that I don't get to order because I just can't afford them, you guys. We all got a limit. We all got a budget. Well, some of us do. If you're the if you're the wealthy guy listening to this show right now, you want to buy me a few books, I'm okay with it. But if not, I totally understand. That's fine. But it does mean that every month there are books that I don't get to get into that I would like to. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk a little bit about today is the books that I'm not reading that I still think are worth checking out and that maybe you'll check out. You don't you you listen to my pull list episode last week and you're like, no, you know, I, I don't want to do the Captain Marvel. I don't want to do the Catwoman. Well, you're wrong, but that's OK. You're allowed to be wrong. But maybe there's something you do want and maybe it's not something I'm reading at all. So just looking into some of the stuff that I'm not reading, one of the ones that jumps out to me that just dropped is this Superman Lost. This new series just started by Christopher Priest, uh, who is an excellent writer. He's had fantastic runs on uh, the Justice League. He's had fantastic runs on Black Panther. Uh, Christopher Priest is a name to follow. He's also uh, a fearless writer, and he will do what he wants to do. Uh, come, you know, editorial mandate be damned. And his new Superman loss sounds like an interesting Elseworlds tale uh, showing what would happen if Superman was actually away from Earth for 20 years of time in his mind, not for the people on Earth, but in his mind, 20 years has passed. Uh, so we get a sense of what that could mean when he returns back. That just dropped with the number one. I'm not going to be reading it, but I would like to. Uh, so if you're reading it, let me know what you think. Over on the Batman side, Batman Incorporated is back. This was a book originally launched as a special side project of Batman for his work outside of Gotham. And that's what it is again. Although Batman himself is not so much in it, it is now being led by the character of Ghostmaker, who was created by James Tinian IV during his recent run on the eponymous Batman book. And is a pretty cool character in his own right. And I'm glad to see Ghostmaker getting his own book to kind of stretch his legs and do his own thing and work with the members of of Batman Incorporated originally introduced in the Grant Morrison series from about 10 months, uh, 10 years ago. So I'm not reading that Batman Incorporated. I did jump on number one, but I immediately jumped off just because of budgeting, like I said, but it is one that I think is worth checking out. Another one worth checking out in the Batman books is Batman The Adventures Continue Season 3. This is a continuation of the old Paul Dini, Bruce Tim Batman the Animated Series cartoon show. They've now done three seasons of continued adventures in the style of that show. Paul Dini is the artist on that, although a, a, a variety of artists, I think most recently Alan Burnett has been on that book. 
these are fun stories in that same vein as the animated series. I read season two and really enjoyed it. Uh, I do wish I had read season one, and I am sad that I'm not able to keep up with season three. Definitely check that out if you're looking out for something good. Uh, I'm also seeing, as I look here on Discount Comic Book Service, uh, I noticed that the Batman Ninja Turtles crossovers now have an omnibus. I'm going to go ahead and throw a vote in for those. The Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossovers have been excellent. I read the first one. I have not read the second or third ones, uh, but I would like to. And if you're looking for something else to read, I would highly recommend those as well. Uh, moving on into some other books in the DC universe. There's a lot of stuff coming out right now, and there's a lot of stuff that I'm just not reading. Uh, so it, it doesn't mean that I want you to, to jump on every book that I'm not on, but one book that I know has got a lot of positive attention in recent months, and I'm sad that I was never a fan of The Flash, but the eponymous Flash book has been allegedly killing it. So great to see. Jeremy Adams has been writing that for a while now. And although he is taking, he is being removed off the book after 800 because they are going to launch with a brand new number one with a brand new creative team. I believe Cy Spurrier is coming on the book. But I have heard great things about the Jeremy Adams run, especially leading up to and including the current big uh, event, The One Minute War. Now, that's a really cool, evocative title, and that alone has got me piqued. The idea of this super-fast character and his rogues gallery, including other super-fast characters, fighting this massive battle in, in, in the amount of time that it just takes us to cook a, a Hot Pocket, that is impressive. And I definitely am going to want to read that book. I will probably grab that digitally uh, once that is collected. Um, I think it would be a good way to read that one uh, without having to add more books to my current uh, paper collection, which I am also trying to get under control. We don't talk a lot about digital comics on this show, but it is something I'm, I'm, I'm getting into and transitioning to get into a little bit more uh, over these last couple months and in the months ahead. But one book that I wish I had been on and I will try to catch up on later is definitely The Flash. Um, looking ahead into some other DC books, uh, I, I've always liked Harley Quinn, but I've not been on the Harley Quinn book. Um, but Harley Quinn is currently being written by Teeny Howard, who I am enjoying on Catwoman, even though, as I told you last week, not everybody is. So that has my, me curious about that and makes me wonder if I should have jumped on Harley a while back as well. Uh, I am less interested in stuff like the Joker. Uh, he had his own book for a minute that ran about 12 or 13 issues, maybe 16. Now he's on a little mini series called Joker, the man who stopped laughing. These is, this is not a character I'm super into, but I do hear good stuff. So I, I got to say, if you're into that character, if you've been caught up in the, the kind of zeitgeist lately around the Joker and it's something that you want more of, uh, you know, it's definitely one that's got a lot of attention. So I, I can't say it's going to be a bad thing. Uh, another book that has caught my eye is the Poison Ivy series. This is written by G. Willow Wilson with a series of artists. Uh, the variant covers on these have been absolutely gorgeous. If you're a variant cover guy, uh, I'm currently buying the variants on Catwoman and Batgirls. They are both excellent, uh, but the Poison Ivy covers have caught my attention for a while too now. And that book just recently moved from a mini series, excuse me, from a limited series to an ongoing. And that is a great sign. You don't see that as often. More often, you see a book launched as an ongoing and then cut back as a limited series. Um, but to see it go the other way is a great vote of confidence in the writer, the creative talent, and the character and the success that they uh, are currently having. So I am sad that I never jumped on that Poison Ivy book, and I may have to go back and check that out at some point down the road. I think that it's about all 
that I'm looking at in the the DC section. Uh, looking ahead, uh, Titans number one is getting ready to drop real soon. That's going to be written by Tom Taylor, who I have adored his run on Nightwing. I talked a little bit about that last week, and I will definitely be jumping on that. So in terms of another book, I will be jumping on Titans for sure. Uh, and, and really, Tom Taylor is one to watch. I, I am late to the game on him. But I'm going to repeat what I said last week, that if you like good writing, if you like good characterization, Tom Taylor's a good one. Jumping over to Marvel, I have been back and forth on the current run of Amazing Spider-Man. And I got to tell you, Zeb Wells is not doing this kind of high-minded, deep story that we have seen with some other writers, like the recent Nick Spencer run, uh, like some of the stuff that Dan Slott got into in his Superior Spider-Man era. Uh, Zeb Wells is not telling those kind of stories. But I can't deny that the few books that I've read have been fun, high-energy romps, and I have enjoyed that. So I'm not currently reading Amazing Spider-Man, and I wonder if maybe I should be, if maybe this was the kind of Spider-Man that would have been right for me. Uh, so Spider-Fans, if you're reading it, let me know what you think. Um, moving on to other Marvel stuff, uh, Bloodline Daughter of Blade is now on its fourth issue. And I, I've not traditionally been a Blade person, but I am a fan of legacy characters. And I am a fan of when they, they pass the mantle or they find new characters uh, to work into the worlds of these ongoing characters. So I uh, this one has kept catching my eye. I, I don't know if I need to be reading it, but it is definitely one that I've wondered if I shouldn't have given it a chance when episode when issue one came out. Because it seems like something that I, I might have gotten some enjoyment out of. I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Yancey Street's own Benjamin J. Grimm has got his own miniseries, Clobber in Time. It's a five issue. It's about uh, two or three of them are out already. And I have been a big Fantastic Four fan since back in the day. Uh, so to not be reading a book of the FF seems like a mistake on my part. Um, I don't know that um, I need to read it, but it's definitely kept catching my eye that it is out there, and I'm, I'm wondering if maybe I didn't make the mistake jumping in on that on number one when it first came out. Uh, I told you I've been reading the Fantastic Four book. I am enjoying that. Uh, there's not too much else uh, in the, the FF corner or the, the, the cosmic corner or the adventure uh, corner of Marvel that I felt that I needed to be reading. Um, other characters in the Marvel pantheon, like uh, Iron Man that I've read in the past, I've just not felt interested in jumping on his latest book. Um, one book that I have considered uh, a lot of the time the last couple months while I've been uh, seeing it in the store is Moon Knight. I enjoyed the Oscar Isaac Disney Plus series. I've traditionally liked Moon, Moon Knight. Um, and the Jed McKay book, the ongoing series, whenever I've picked up an issue, it has been very interesting, very cool. Uh, it's about 20 deep now, so I, I, I don't feel like it's a good time for me to jump on the book, but I kind of wish I had gotten onto it. And Jed McKay, we talked about this last week. He is a writer to watch. I'm going to be jumping on his new Avengers when it started. I enjoyed his Spider-Man Black Cat. I've enjoyed a lot of stuff that Jed McKay does, and uh, missing out on the Moon Knight feels like it was a mistake on my part. So I, I'm hoping that in the future that will be uh, a, a character that I can, or a writer that I will read more of, and maybe I'll find a place to jump on that book as well. 
Marvel has got uh, several licenses that are interesting right now, including Alien, Planet of the Apes, and Predator. I'm not a super big fan of any of these franchises, but just the fact that Marvel has had a chance to start with new number ones, I've I've been curious to check them out. I may have to go back and check them out digitally, just because it seems like good places to get into these worlds. Uh, I, I'm not a traditional Planet of the Apes guy, but it seems like such a unique property that maybe it's time to get into that. You know, same with uh, Alien. A uh, little full disclosure, I didn't watch the first or second Alien movies until probably two years ago, in my 40s, if you can believe it. Obviously, as good as they say, they are fantastic uh, horror and action movies. And, and to explore that world of, of, of the xenomorphs, of the Weyland yutani company, of all of that, uh, and see what Marvel can do with it would be a lot of fun. So all of those licensed properties, I, I'm a little disappointed I haven't had the ability to jump on and see more of that uh, the last couple of years. Um, I think that's going to wrap up what I'm going to be talking about from Marvel. Um, I will say uh, they're Star Wars books. Um, I jumped off of Darth Vader and Dr. Aphra a few years back, and I have regretted that ever since. I also jumped off the core Star Wars book when it got done with the uh, space between Star Wars and Empire and rebooted with a new number one after Empire, and I wish I'd stayed on that. Uh, those were all excellent books that were rarely less than stellar. And I, uh, I feel like I missed out on a lot of good storytelling by not staying on those. I ended up staying on or jumping onto Han Solo and Chewbacca, and I barely even noticed that it, the series was ending. It, it was good, but not great. And I'm currently reading Star Wars Yoda, same deal. Good, not great. But the eponymous Star Wars, the Darth Vader book, and Dr. Aphra, who was the coolest new character introduced since Marvel got the license. All of those are great books. Man, I hope we see Dr. Aphra in, in, um, in live action. We saw Black Chrysanthemum, so anything's possible. I think that's all for Marvel. I think that's all for DC and Marvel in terms of uh, books that I'm not reading uh, that I wish I was or, or that I have caught my eye and that I've wondered if maybe I should. You know, these are um, the stuff that I see each week and I go, you know, darn, why didn't I? Why didn't I? You know, in instead of something else, maybe I should be reading that. Um, uh, and let me know what you're reading. Let me know what you're reading that you like. Let me know what you're not reading that you wish you had. And uh, we'll go from there. Uh, switching over from comics to gaming, a, a weird game announcement caught my eye this week, and I want to talk to you guys about it. Pokemon Sleep uh, for Android and iPhone. Uh, this is a kind of a, it is its own game, but it can also be a companion piece to Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, of course, the uh, augmented reality iPhone and, and uh, Android game where you go out in the real world and you can catch Pokemon as you see them on your phone. But... Uh, it, it utilizes real-world map, so you actually have to get out and about, walk around, go visit parts of your community you might not otherwise to catch Pokemon. Super fun. Uh, you probably know it took the entire world by storm when it first came out around, what, 2015, 2016, maybe a little bit earlier. Whenever the heck that was. Uh, and it was the biggest thing in the world. Well, now uh, this Pokemon Sleep uh, lets you interact with Pokemon and catch new Pokemon while you sleep. It is actually a sleep tracker app that utilizes your resting time as game time. So kind of a cool way to hopefully get us all getting a good night's sleep, uh, give us another way to interact with Pokemon. And, and, and the way that these apps have gotten that world and made it so much bigger and roped in people who wouldn't normally be Pokemon people. I'm not a Pokemon person. Original game came out when I was about 19 years old. I was already starting to miss that. But the, 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 the property has become so ubiquitous that you can't even turn around without seeing a damn Pikachu. 
Um, so the fact that they've got these games that have not only introduced it to other generations, like the people a little bit older than the target Pokemon uh, demographic, like myself, uh, gotten us involved, and now maybe even going to help us take better care of our bodies and uh, have a little fun in the game when we wake up. I think it's neat. I, I, I don't have a ton of details how it's going to work, um, but I'm probably going to check it out. Uh, Pokemon Go is one of the few apps that still are on my phone because, you know, you're sitting at the bar somewhere. You got a few minutes to kill. You're bored. You can pop that open and play for five minutes and have fun. And maybe this is the same kind of thing. Maybe this is the kind of thing where I'll get a little sleep at night and then I get to wake up in the morning while I'm having my, my eggs and toast in the morning. I can see if I caught any Pokemon. I don't know, guys. I don't have a lot of gaming stuff to talk about this week, so that little bit of news is going to be the one for me. I'm still working my way through Mass Effect 2. I'm almost on the end there. Uh, when I wrap up ME2, I think I'm going to jump over to Breath of the Wild for a little bit. want to spend some time in Hyrule getting ready for Tears of the Kingdom coming out in May. Uh, and then I'm still playing Cult of the Lamb. I got my cult up to about 13 members now. I'm enjoying that. Um, those are my big one and two games. Although I did make a couple purchases this week on the Nintendo Switch online shop. And I got one that I was not expecting. And it's been a fun surprise. So I have been getting into a lot of these collected editions lately. Uh, mostly the ones released by Digital Eclipse. Now Digital Eclipse have been the people uh, most recently behind the Atari 50 anniversary celebration and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. These are both collections of multiple games. The Cowabunga Collection brings together all of the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and Game Boy Ninja Turtle games. This is all from a period between, I want to say, probably about 1989 and maybe 1996, 7, 8 in that area there. When Konami had the license and was churning out great beat-em-ups, uh, fighters, and action games using the Ninja Turtle license. Um, Digital Eclipse has collected all these games together. And, and what I love about this collection is not just the games, not just the alternate versions, the Japanese versus the American versions, but the ton of extra ephemera included on the on the on the game cartridge um you have old advertisements you have instruction booklets you have magazine ads you have so many things that bring the world of these games and the effort to get them out into public hands to life and it's really cool and the atari 50th anniversary collection which came out the same year last year even bigger 50 games Tons of interviews, video interviews, tons of ads, tons of stories, tons of pieces of marketing equipment, sales uh, documentation, uh, explaining how old arcade games would be installed or updated at the whatever location purchased them. If you like these, the uh, to learn about the history of something like Atari, like this progenitor of modern video games, then you've got to pick up the Atari 50 collection. I came into gaming during the Nintendo era. I was a little bit after Atari. But the amount that I have learned and enjoyed learning, just spending a few hours with this cartridge, has been immense. Highly recommended. And Digital Eclipse has been doing this for years. You may remember they released the uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. This is a fantastic collection of Street Fighter fighting games that go all the way back to 1987 Street Fighter 1. Then you've got all the different versions of Street Fighter 2, including Championship Edition, Turbo, um, uh, Super Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, the Alpha games, Street Fighter 3, this has got to have, uh, what's it got, 25 games on there? 30 games? It's an insane collection of games on there. We're looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, okay, 13 different games from Street Fighter through three, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Uh, and it includes absolutely perfect games worth the price of admission alone, like the 
utterly perfect Street Fighter Alpha 3. So if you're a fighting game fan, Digital Glypse has got you covered with the 30th anniversary edition. Uh, excuse me, the 30th anniversary collection. But the reason I bring up Digital Eclipse was because I picked up a game. I'd been hearing such great things about the SNK 40th anniversary collection. It's been out for a couple of years. Um, one of my uh, gaming and podcast heroes, Ian Ferguson, has touted its uh, merits on the CU podcast before they wrapped up their regular episodes. And I threw it on my wish list hearing him say it because Ian's tastes have always been excellent. And uh, I, I find that I enjoy a lot of what he does. So whenever he recommended something, I always uh, put it on my list. I picked up this game this week, and it was not what I was thinking. I saw SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, and you got to understand, in this era of mini systems and collections and whatnot, I keep seeing SNK releasing these Neo Geo collections. They did their Neo Geo X handheld system, which also had a dock so you could play it on your television. They had their Neo Geo Mini Arcade unit, which could also connect to your television. Both of these had dozens of Neo Geo games, which were all, of course, uh, produced by SNK. This is not that. And after I bought this and downloaded it, and I brought it up on my Switch last night, and I had to laugh because where I was expecting to see Art of Fighting and, um, you know, uh, Masters Golf and World Series Baseball... It was none of that. It was Akari Warriors and Athena and POW and Tank 3. It was all of SNK's, not Neo Geo, but their arcade and old console, like NES stuff, like Athena. And um, oh, what's the, the, the tank game? Oh, I can't even think of it. I'm going to pull up the list real quick. Uh, but what a wild uh, collection of games. Uh, come on, where, where, is it? where is this list? Um, but man, it, it is very silly. This isn't it either, huh? I'm not quite seeing it. Anyway, it was not what I was expecting at all. It is a collection of 80s and very early 90s arcade and console games. Uh, still a ton of fun. I was playing a bunch of, uh, was it Aero Blasters last night? Uh, there's a lot of great shooters and running guns on there, but it is not the fighting game and the, the high-quality graphics and sound of a Neo Geo collection. This is a, a classic arcade collection. Uh, here's a little bit of a, a look, Guerrilla War. Um, I don't see it. Vic Victory. Oh, yeah, because it's got all three Akari Warriors games on it. Uh, a couple of old uh, arcade games I've never heard of, like Vanguard. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, Crystallis uh, from the NES. Uh, POW Street Smart. It is a wild collection of games, but it was not what I was expecting at all. And I'm very glad I caught it on sale because if I dropped 40 bucks on that, I might have been a little bit disappointed. Uh, not disappointed uh, because uh, now that I know what it is, and I am a big arcade fan and I'm a big shooter fan, so I will still get my use out of this. But it was definitely not what I was expecting. But it still had that same level of digital eclipse care. Not just multiple versions of each game, not just good historical and um, you know informational angles, but just quality uh, game emulation as well. So it's great to see, uh, even though it wasn't quite what I was expecting. So uh, fun stuff there. I also grabbed Dead Cells. Uh, that was on sale recently. That uh, is a roguelike Metroidvania, which recently had a Castlevania expansion come out. So I'm super excited to dig into that. Maybe I'll have some word on that in the next couple of weeks. But that's all I've got for you this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of OK Geek. And we'll see you next week.